The Leaderpreneur Show, Episode 31, Conducting One-on-Ones and Behind the Scenes. Let's go. Welcome back, my friends, to The Leaderpreneur Show the podcast for leaders to deepen their knowledge while exploring an entrepreneurial journey of their own. I'm your host, Stephen Faust, and I'd like to personally thank you today for taking the time to join us for some leadership discussion and learn how we are operating our online businesses behind the scenes. If you like the show, I'd encourage you to subscribe to the podcast. You can do that by going to leaderpreneurshow.com and smashing that subscribe button. You can subscribe on any of the podcast directories out there. So just pick the one that works best for you. And we'd be honored to have you as a regular listener. Today, as always, I'm joined by my great friend, my co-host, my partner in crime. He's from Atlanta, Georgia. He's Michael Tanner. Hey, Michael, how are you doing this week, my friend? Stephen, my man, I am uh, doing great. How about yourself? Oh man, I'm I'm doing fantastic. Another beautiful sunny day, 100 degrees. Uh, what what's not to love about that? Hey, you know it's beautiful and sunny here in Atlanta as well. It's not 100 degrees, uh, <laughs> but uh, in fact, I think today maybe 85 or so. Uh, oh. So I mean, you'd probably have to put on a sweater or something for 85 degree temperatures. Yeah, we probably. have that here. It's called January. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, I get it. I get it. No, it's great. It's been a great week. Uh, beautiful week around here, and I'm sure a beautiful week there as well. Um, so I'm excited to talk to you again after a great week. Yeah, likewise. Uh, and and today we have a topic I know we're going to unpack that uh, near and dear to both of us and the way that we lead. And why don't you share that with uh, listeners? Yeah, sure. So uh, this week, uh, I, you and I, we're going to talk about the, the ins and outs of conducting one-on-one meetings with your team, with your team members, or or maybe your direct reports, depending on, you know, what kind of size team you have and what is the hierarchy of your of your uh, org chart, uh, but at least at a minimum, your direct reports, you need to be having regular one-on-one meetings with them. And we're going to talk about why that is. We're going to talk about what you're going to do in the midst of those meetings and how you're going to conduct those meetings and that type of thing. But uh, I know that, you know, it, it was, um, I think, really deep into my leadership career before I really, really latched on to an understanding of just how important these one-on-one meetings are. You know, you tend to have maybe a, a weekly staff meeting or a team meeting or whatever, and, and you just feel like, well, that's enough. You know, the whole team, we get together once a week, that's fine, that's enough. Uh, and it's just not. And so I thought we'd share with our listeners today, you know, conducting those one-on-one meetings, why we do them, and what what do we do when we're in those meetings, that type of thing. How's that sound? That sounds great. And, it, and it's interesting because every, everyone knows what a one-on-one is, at least uh, in theory, because everyone's heard the term. But it's amazing how few really understand the value, the benefit, how to, how to participate and how to lead them and what a successful one-on-one looks like and what those, out, and what those outcomes are. So I think um, it's going to be very enlightening and I can't wait to jump in. Let's go ahead and do that. Yeah. You know, to a point you just made, Stephen, I, I mean, 
I think everybody understands the concept really well, but like me, maybe they don't understand the importance of having them. I've actually been in relationships with my boss before where I was having to ask for these one-on-one meetings, right? I was having to convince him, hey, we need to be having these one-on-one meetings uh, and we need to do them regularly and that type of thing. And I think once we got into the routine of it, he saw the value in it as well. Uh, but you just never know. I mean, you, you might be the boss and you're not having these because you don't know the value in them, or you may not be having them with your boss. Uh, and you may be in a situation like me where you need to ask for that uh, so that you can uh, uh, reap the v- benefits of these one-on-one meetings, even with your boss as well. So so let's talk first of all about why. Why do you even want to, why is it important? Why should you have these one-on-one meetings? Uh, And so my first bullet point that I want to share with our audience is all about relationship. You've heard me a million times, Stephen. I think our audience has probably heard me a million times. Leadership is about relationship. And first and foremost, for me, these regular one-on-one meetings is all about building the relationship. You know, as I said earlier, sure, you have your team meetings, your staff meetings. You need to have those. But you just need to know you're not going to build good, close working relationship with individuals on your team in those team meetings. It just doesn't happen in a group setting like that, but it can happen in these one-on-one meetings. And so for me, that's first and foremost why you have these meetings. What about you, Stephen? Yeah, it's again, it's it's funny how. When you said sometimes in the past, I've had to go uh, ask my boss how to have a one-on-one meeting or could we have a one-on-one meeting? You know, things aren't going well when you have to go request a one-on-one meeting. Not necessarily that they're going bad, but they're just kind of going. And where are they going is the question. And that's, that's some of the important you know, benefit of a one-on-one is to really understand the direction. And I, I, again, I love it. It's a broken record, but I love the fact that you say it, I say it, we both agree with it. Leadership is relationship. And actually on your community, uh, it's interesting, Teresa posted mm-hmm. something about, I can't remember the quote, but I responded to it today. It was about uh, you know, people with titles and roles and things like that, that doesn't make you a leader, right? If you, right. if you decide to not have a one-on-one or you don't understand the benefit of it first, we're going to help you understand that here. But yeah. it, I just think of that quote that she posted in the, in your credible leaders community about, about, you know, roles and, and titles, does, how they don't make a leader. It's, it's really about my takeaway, a relationship, a connection, uh, an engagement. And, right. and really, that's the why around the one-on-one from my perspective. It's to build a deeper relationship because things, when they go well, it's easy to not think about a one-on-one. It's easy to kind of park that to the side. The business is making money. Times are good. Orders are coming in. Whatever your business might be whatever the definition of things are rolling, that's what's happening in your business. That's it's easy to set aside these relationships because everybody is, is feeling the goodness in the world and in the team. It's, it's when things turn the other way and you don't have to look further than the COVID-19 pandemic that we're in right now that when, you know, I heard a stat today on the news 
that, um, you know, I'm watching a lot less news as well, just because I think, I've, I think I've hit this. I'm a news guy, right? I love news. I love all that stuff, but I hit this crescendo and, and that I think I'm just my head spinning. So, but I did hear a comment this morning that 30 million Americans are out of work. Wow. Unbelievable. Wow. So that's my definition of the tide has turned from good yeah. times to not so good. And if you're not engaged, if that relationship isn't strong, if uh, you don't understand the dynamic of your team and those individuals and the personalities and their families, then you've really missed the opportunity. And you know what? It's too late right now. You've got to do this consistently and you've got to be able to do it in a way that's genuine and it's going to get you to a point where you can weather these things yeah. and you've got to be thinking about this all the time. Yeah. And, and, you know, as I was saying, Stephen, I mean, there is no other setting in the workplace where you're going to be able to build those good relationships than a one-on-one -on -one meeting, whether it be a team meeting, whether it be just passing in the hallway or some kind of project-based meeting or uh, even even gathering at lunch, right? So I don't know if you're like me, but uh, we have a little cafeteria. Uh, and and if you so choose, you can bring your lunch and, you know, you can sit at the tables there. And I would submit to you that even if you sit with some of your team members and eat lunch with them, you're still not going to be as effective in building those deep relationships as you would be if you got in a one-on-one -on -one meeting, you know, into a conference room or into an office space where it's just the two of you. Uh, there's just something about, you know, that, that privacy, that there's something about that. It's just the two of us and, and we can just talk, right? And we're going to talk, when we get into the, the what, what do you do in these meetings? We're going to talk a little bit about that, but you, you, you talk about each other, right? You talk about yourself and you allow your team member to talk about themselves enough that you start to build those relationships and you won't do that anywhere else in the workplace as effectively as you will in a one-on-one -on -one meeting. Yeah, no doubt. It's, it's, there's something about when you sit privately with someone one-on-one -on -one and this, this guard goes down. And yeah, exactly. It, you, it's hard to build a genuine relationship built in trust if there's a, if you're a Star Trek fan, if the shields are up, right? Mm -hmm. If the shields are up, you're not going to be able to penetrate the shield and you're not going to really learn, understand, and uh, help that person grow and develop. And, and they're not going to be able to feel, feel like they can trust you really like the level that we want to build trust. So yeah. you've got to create, you've got to just create the dynamic for, for that to occur for sure. So uh, critically important. I think uh, under this, this category, we're talking about why to do this. Uh, it, it's so important that you do it. You don't have to be perfect, right? I mean, we, we've been doing this a long time. You and I, we've tried right. different ways and methods, but if you're just starting out, if you're just now joining the community with Michael and his credible leaders community, and you're in there and you're trying to figure this stuff out, like some, some folks are, uh, it's okay. I would say the, the thing to do is start doing it and yeah. you're going to exercise that muscle and you're, it's going to be a bit of a messy process. And through that relationships will come out of that because you will be in it together with that person. And that's always a right step forward in my view. Yeah. And if you're, if you, if you're not doing these one-on-ones today and you're asking yourself, okay, I, I hear you, Steve, and I hear you, Michael, but how do I do that? We're going to get to that in this podcast episode. We're going to talk to you about how to do that. Let me give you a second reason why really quickly relationship. That's my number one reason. 
But second reason I want to give you as to why you want to have these one-on-one relation or these one-on-one meetings is because in those meetings, you can offer what I call tactical assistance, tactical assistance. And what I mean tactical uh, for me is it's, you know, assistance needed in the here and now, right now, there's assistance needed. Strategic is, you know, I'm thinking months out, years out, whatever, but tactical is right now in the present, right here, right now, there's assistance needed. And when you meet one-on-one with your team members, that gives them the opportunity to ask for your assistance. In fact, I'm I'm pretty demanding, if you will, in these one-on-one meetings that, you know, if, if I say, hey, is there anything I can help you with? And they say, no, you better know I'm going to dig deep, right? I'm Surely there's something I can help you with, you know, talk to me. What, what are you struggling with? That kind of thing. In these one-on-one meetings, you offer your team members that opportunity to ask you for the assistance that they need. And again, it's one of those situations where anywhere else, they will not ask you for that assistance. In a team meeting in front of all the other team members, they're not going to ask for this because sometimes this request for assistance, it's pretty vulnerable. And they're just not going to ask it in any other setting. But in this one-on-one, and and this takes time, we'll talk about that in a minute, this takes some time, but as the relationship starts to get built, and as you talked about earlier, Stephen, as trust gets built between the two of you, now here in this one-on-one meeting, they have this opportunity to ask for the tactical assistance that they need, that otherwise they're never going to ask you for, and, and you and them, they're just not going to, you're just not going to be effective as a team if they can't get the assistance from you that they need. And, you know, to wrap up the why, what I think about when you say that is the vulnerability. And you got to remember that the people that if you're a leader and you're conducting one-on-ones, what are they going to be What are they willing to share with you if you're not in that environment? You have to ask yourself, and you brought that up. The other thing I think about in in regard to that is is they are trying to manage and protect and fit in with their relationships in their team, right? So they're not going to be as willing in many cases to openly ask for help, to openly Mm -hmm. say, Hey, Michael, I need, uh, you know, I could really use your help solving this problem. I can't seem to, to get a breakthrough. But Surrounding them are other team members that they're trying to navigate uh, the reality of the organization, the team dynamic, and and build the trust that they have. So to for them to really be vulnerable, to ask for help that is genuine and thought felt, it needs to be in a private setting. And that's another just key why as yes. to a one-on-one. So that's that's very true. Totally, totally. Well, so. Stephen, let's move to to what, right? So I hope by now we've convinced our listeners that it's important that you have these one-on-one meetings with these reasons why you should do that. Now, what do you do when you get there? Right Now you're sitting in the middle of a one-on-one meeting with uh, uh, one of your team members for the very first time. Well, what do you actually do? Well, the first advice I want to give you related to these one-on-one meetings is you need to make this first meeting and every other one-on-one meeting you need to make it about your team member, not about you. And here's what I mean by that. This is not your opportunity to go in and just, you know, brain dump onto your team member 
all the things maybe that you need to communicate or all the ideas that you have or you know this is not your time to go in there and do a performance review or anything this is their time this is their time with you right that's the way you need to view these meetings and so when you get in there the what you're going to do you're going to give them time to spend with you right and and we'll talk some more logistics on exactly what does that look like but just know that you're going in with that mindset this is their meeting It's their opportunity to share things with me. It's not about me dumping things on them, right? What's your thoughts there? Yeah, I I 80% agree with you. And uh, I love the fact that um, we can have different, different ways of looking at it. I totally agree with what you're saying. I view it a little bit differently at times that I view it as it's a two way street for sure. Uh, to me, creating the environment for folks to come in and be vulnerable, to share, to to build that trust with you, to ask questions that they would never otherwise ask, uh, for you to pour into them with your leadership and, and help them work through whatever's on their mind. But I kind of view it also as uh, there could be things that I want to share with them too. Now, this is a, a very small part of the one-on-one. I mean, I agree 80%, 90%. It's it's all about them, right? All about them. But sometimes there, there are opportunities to share uh, things that I want to get across to them that the forum is suitable for that. And it it may not even be work-related. It could be a behavior thing. It could be, it's not a project, right? It's not a, you know, you were too slow on this project or you did really great on that project. It was, it's maybe a nuance or something that doesn't lend itself to generally other conversations that you might have. So I look at this, you know, structurally, uh, and I know, I know you're an advocate of uh, kind of an hour long one-on-one, I believe, and we'll probably get into that. And I am too. Uh, Challenges reality of the world. If you have 30 minutes, you have 30 minutes. Main thing is you got to do one. You got to get started, right? You got to get started. Got to build that deeper relationship and connection point with these folks. But I, I look at these things. If you're going to do a 30 minute one, let's just take that, that for a second, 30 minutes. How Mm -hmm. do, how do you, how do you package that from a, what, what does that look like? And a couple schools of thought that I have are, are 10 minutes, for, and I don't know if I've, you and I've talked about this in the past or not, but 10 minutes for them to talk about whatever they want to talk about, right? This is all about them, right? Right. And then there's, they can talk about dogs and fish and spouses and hunting. And there has to be no, no work stuff. It doesn't have to have anything to do with work, right? Yes. Yes. I think people will naturally gravitate at times towards work because that's their comfort zone, especially in the beginning is it's, you know, Oh, I, I thought you wanted to talk about work. Well, that's the beauty of the one-on-one and you have to condition them to be a good participant. And so they can get the value out of it. But if you're thinking, okay, 10 minutes, 10 minutes for them to talk about whatever it is they want to talk about. Uh, and then 10 minutes for, for you and that person to talk about growth and development and future and, career and and it doesn't have to be within your company. I I tell folks on my team, 
And if you think people aren't thinking about other ways to improve themselves outside of your organization, then you're probably fooling. You're, right. you're fooling. Totally. You're fooling yourself. So I just tend to be open minded and say, hey, let's talk about growth and development. Where do you want to be? What would you like to do? What excites you? What motivates you? What's your passion? And if that means that a, a program or a process takes them away from the company three years from now, because we don't have that structure or that opportunity, that doesn't mean I'm not helping them. I'm yeah. helping them. Right. I'm helping them because I want them to be successful. So we talk about growth and development, talk about anything they want to talk about. And then I carve out a few minutes in this structure to talk about things that I want to talk about. Yep. And it's, it's about them. It's me talking about them. It's not just me talking about my issues. It's me talking about with them and, and asking questions and going deeper and uh, figuring out and unpacking things that they may not bring to the table that I want to flush out to make, to make them better, to make the organization better, to give them some thoughts to just process through and think about how they can incorporate or change or do something differently. So I, I do that as well. But the, the main thing is, is there's really no wrong way if the center of attention is the person you're doing the one-on-one -on -one with, right? right? We can fill in the blank with a hundred different process steps, but if you're in a room, private session, pouring into them and giving them the opportunity to, to speak their heart and mind, you will get the benefit and they will get the benefit from a one-on-one. -on -one. No, yeah, Stephen, that, that, that is totally correct. And, and, you know, almost every single time that I go into a one-on-one -on -one meeting with some of my, you know, with my team members, almost every single time I have a few bullet points that I want to share with that individual. Almost every time. I, I rarely go in there you know, with a blank sheet of paper, if you will. Um, so there's always something that, uh, that I want to share with them. And it's usually one of those topics that it's just not right for email or maybe I, you know, I need to explain it a little bit further than I would want to do in an email or something like that. Right. It's usually one of those kind of things, but here's the thing I do. And, and, I, and you just alluded to it as well. I let them go first and then I get to my things if time allows. And here's what you, here's what happens most of the time. I may go in there with say three things. That individual will bring up almost all three of those things most of the time in their, when, you know, in their list of things they want to discuss with me, they will hit my list almost every single time. Uh, and obviously as they bring that topic up and it's on my list and then I'm sharing, you know, I'm, I'm in this conversation with them and I'm sharing the things that I wanted to share with them. And on occasion, we kind of finish up the conversation and I have to say, well, I had one more thing that I wanted to run by you. Right. And so, yes, go in there with the things that you want to share with your team. But as you're talking about, Stephen, does it really matter how you divide up the time? You know, what, what kind of activities and, and what you, uh, how much time you allot to the various activities, just let them go first, let this meeting be theirs first. And then you can use the meeting to communicate and so forth. Uh, and, and you made such a good point. You've got to allow in this meeting to discuss and talk about things other than work. And I'm usually in, in, in the one-on-one -on -one meetings that I do with my team members, I'm usually the one that initiates that. And, and I usually do it first. Very, like you, you divided up your 10 minutes and your first 10 minutes is just about anything. Well, I'm, I go first and, and, and Hey, 
one one of my one on one meetings, for instance, is on um, on Mondays, and so I almost always lead that meeting with, "Hey, so tell me about your weekend. How'd your weekend go?" Right, or, or something like that. I lead in with that. Just tell me something other than work for a few minutes. That is so important to go back to that why to go back to that relationship part. Yeah, it, it's, it's a great point. And, and the main thing is if you're a leader out there and you're not doing them and you're like, well, I don't even know how to get started. I, I, I'm not sure. So therefore, because it's difficult, I'm not going to worry about it. I'll do that next week. So I think what Michael and I are saying is a get started and B absent a structure, absent yeah. uh, a cheat sheet, absent uh, a, a way that somebody has said uh, you should do it, or you haven't come up, come up with that on your own. If it's 30 minutes or an hour, you pick one and start, divide up the time into, into buckets. And, and it doesn't have to be 10 minutes, 10 minutes, 10 minutes. It doesn't matter. It's more about, are you giving them an opportunity to bring forward things on their mind in an open and transparent way, whether it's about their kids and I, you know, my kids are out of school because of the, the virus and, you know, it's a real challenge at home and we're working through it and I appreciate your flexibility and, and, you know, if that's it, I mean, you have that 10 minutes or fill in the blank time for them, fill in the blank time for what I think is important to talk about growth development, things that, that we want to help them with, because that's going to end up helping them, helping us, helping everyone. And there are, there are a lot of people, and I, I just know this from, and I know you do as well, from experiences that we've had that it, it's, it's amazing to me how many leaders out there fail to see the true value in someone they just see they yes. just see it's a, a battery that it's consumed and it's consumed and it's consumed and then it's empty and then it gets cast aside for a new battery and right and if you're that type of leader you know what are you waiting for you've got to get with the program and start treating people differently because this is a different world right people aren't going to yeah. put up with that and they shouldn't i wouldn't put up with that michael wouldn't put up with that and the way to not do that and to, and to begin the shift is to have not just one-on-ones, but to have one-on-ones that are meaningful, yep. that have uh, outcomes that are uh, positive, that the, the party, the other party in there, the other person that you're with is getting value out of, and you are just connecting. You are connecting in a way that you wouldn't otherwise connect with this individual. So you got, you got to think about this stuff. You got to do it. And it's uh, so critical for leadership today. And, and if you want to retain good employees, uh, don't have Michael go to you and say, Hey, uh, can we have a one-on-one because you're probably late to the party. It's time to change. Totally agree. I mean, and and if you look at your team members, like your, you know, your analogy of the battery, Steven, if that's your view, right. If that's your feelings about your team members, um, that is such short-sighted, um, leadership and it's it's short term leadership, right? Uh, y- you aren't going to lead at least those members of your team for very long because because to the point you were making, they're not going to put up with that. They're going to move on. Now you may still have a team and your team may be you know different team members uh, in a in a short amount of time because that's your view of leadership. But if you want these long term, loyal, dedicated, committed team members that make for a very, very effective team, then these are the kind of things you're going to do. You're going to spend individual one-on-one time 
with them. So let's get into some logistics now. We, we've talked a little bit around it for, for a moment here, Stephen, but let's get into some specific logistics. And, and especially it feels like we ought to really target these logistics to that individual, that leader that has yet to conduct a one-on-one meeting with any of their team members and what should they do? Well, the first thing I'm going to tell you to do is to um, j- just put it on the calendar and put it on the calendar. I recommend weekly. Now, I know a lot of folks will do it every other week. I've seen people even do it once a month, but I recommend weekly, but put it on the calendar for weekly. And and if it's your very first time, if you've never conducted a one-on-one meeting with your team members, I recommend that you start the first several weeks with 30-minute sessions. Uh, you don't need a full hour uh, because neither of you are, you don't have those muscles worked out just yet and you're not ready to go in there and just, you know, just banter back and forth for a full hour. So start it with just 30 minutes, but put it on the calendar for once a week, same time, same place, every single week. Uh, and then w- once we get into the meeting, Stephen and I'll talk to you a little bit about what you're going to do, but you're going to do that. You're going to send out a meeting invite to them once a week for 30 minutes, same time, same place. And in your meeting invite, you're going to just be upfront and honest with them about what this meeting is. You're not trying to hide anything, right? You're trying to build a better working relationship with them. Don't try to hide that, right? So I know with uh, with any new team member, that I send this email to or this meeting invite to, I'll send them an, e- a, a, an email and it'll say something like, you know, Hey Joe, I, I, I try to spend at least an hour every single week with all of my team members. And so I'm putting this on my calendar so that you and I can discuss, uh, you know, things that are happening in our teams right now. And if there's any ways that I can help you and so that you and I can just build a better working relationship. So it'll be, it'll be some meeting like that. I'm not trying to hide the fact I'm building relationships. I'm not trying to hide the fact that we're, you know, working on our team to make it better. Uh, so send out a meeting invite, 30 minutes, once a week, same plan, same time, same place. What's your thoughts there, Stephen? Yeah, I think it's critical. And I, I'm, I've been through different ways of doing one-on-ones, you know, when I've had bigger teams and smaller teams and trying to figure out ways to do it. And again, step one, do it, do it. If it's 30 minutes or an hour or weekly or biweekly or monthly, uh, what's ideal versus not doing anything. You got to do something. Number one, totally. God to do something. And weekly is ideal. I, I have historically liked to do weekly. There are times where I've had big teams that I've done biweekly and I even have done monthly and it's just I do monthly now in a way that when I think about structure and calendarizing one-on-ones, mine are monthly and I don't like it. It feels, and I mix it into, it's called a monthly performance discussion. So I'm following the, I'm following suit of our CEO, which does that with me. Uh, and I like the process. The process is phenomenal, but where I, where I've told my team and team members is that I feel like I need to spend more time with you individually, uh, which I think that's my my historical muscle saying I'm used to doing these much more frequently. Right. And um, one of the things, though, is 
I pull my team in all the time individually, uh, but it's not as intentional on a calendar. So there's some things I can do for sure to get better at that. And because I feel, I feel a need to connect more deeply at times and more frequently at times. So I do like the process we have. I think there needs to be a frequency shift to it. And that's the challenge sometimes. If you have, if, if you're going to do meaningful one-on-ones and you're going to do it in a way that really adds value to both parties, it really should be weekly. It should be weekly. So if it's 30, minute, 30 minutes once a week and you have a big team, and to me, a big team is 10 or 15 people. You're trying to, you're trying to shove in 10 or 15 hours to your, your calendar with everybody yeah. else in the world and the organization hijacking your time. Right. And, yes. and bringing you to meetings that you scratch your head. That's a whole nother one. I don't know if we've done an episode on. We probably on, should. Yes. You know, on, on people hijacking your calendar. Uh, but, but trying to squeeze all that in can be challenging. Right. And yes. sometimes we let excuses keep us from doing that. And I'm human. I mean, I find at times things are like, Oh boy, I got to move that one-on-one, you know, something's come up. But really, when you take a step back and you're shaving or you're getting ready for work and you're looking in the mirror or doing whatever, and you ask yourself, are you doing everything possible to engage and build a relationship with your team members? Uh, you know the answer to that. And to, to suggest otherwise, you know, you're only fooling and lying to yourself. And so I think it's critical. Yeah. Be intentional. Calendarizing is important. You've got to be intentional. If you're intentional and it's on the calendar and you're doing something, there is a chance that you're going to be great. And because of that, you can continue to improve and mature and get better and better and learn from mistakes. And that's sometimes the best way to do it. It's just like, oh, I'm not getting I'm not getting enough engagement. And you change the way you do it. But you're changing from something to something, not from nothing to something. And that's the key there is is get it going. Yeah, no, totally agree. And and look, you got to be realistic with these, right? You 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 can't set yourself up for failure in the sense that, you know, if you've got 10 or, or 15 direct reports, well, then you can't meet with every single one of them for an hour every single week. You just can't do it. I mean, it's that's not physically going to be possible because, yeah, you've got other activities as a leader that you've got to do, obviously, right? So in a situation like that, you may uh, resort to every other week or whatever it might be, right? You've got to be realistic with your own schedule and and so forth. But to your point, Stephen, just do it. Do something is always better than doing nothing here. And as it relates to that cadence, you know, um, if, if physically you can do it and you're asking yourself, well, am I doing it often enough? Here's the, here's the thing I would, I would ask you, you ask yourself when you're trying to determine how, how frequent should we do these things? One, ask yourself, are you comfortable at the pace at which you're developing these relationships with those individuals, right? Um, you know, if you meet with an individual once a month and think about those 12 meetings over the course of a year, how deep of a relationship have you created with that person? But if you're meeting with them once a week, obviously that relationship, you're going to build it at a much faster pace, right? That's just, that's logical. But secondly, think about that tactical assistance that I talked about earlier. You want to make sure that the cadence is frequent enough that you can consistently provide that tactical assistance for your team members. And here's how you recognize that maybe you're not doing that. Let's say you meet every other week. 
and you know you feel like that's going well and and when you are in those meetings every other week they're really good meetings and and you know maybe they take the full hour if you have that allocated and all and it just feels like a really really good meeting but then in between those two, those meetings that team member comes to you directly two or three times in the middle of that two weeks asking for specific tactical advice or assistance or whatever. If they're having to constantly come to you like that, then you probably want to have these one-on-one meetings a little bit more frequently, right? Uh, Because in their mind, maybe they're thinking, oh man, it'll be two weeks before I meet with him. And this is really important. I need to go talk to him now. Whereas if it's just, you know, a few days from now, they'll probably wait and talk to you about it, right? Now, that's not to say that you have a situation where your team members can't come and ask you for advice. I'm not saying that at all. But as you're trying to judge this frequency, just pay attention to how many times people are having to come by and ask you tactical assistance questions. And if that's frequently, then you might want to try to have these a bit more, uh, a bit more frequently. What's your thoughts there? Yeah, actually, that's happened to me. That's happened to me in my current role. And a lot of it had to do with the prior leadership and the way the the organization was led and an amount of responsibility that people were were given and trust and all of that stuff. So, you know, having one-on-ones, for example, I would still have people come to me a lot in between and um, ask a lot of questions. So what I found was, and it didn't take long, I mean, this was a very quick discovery, was that the prior leadership there didn't really have full amount of trust in the team and they did not allow them to make decisions that were of any consequence right. uh, independently. So there was this conditioning that they had to come ask, to ask, to ask, to ask. And because I did one-on-ones and because especially early on there in my role, I did them very frequently right? Because I wanted to accelerate the, the trust and accelerate the relationship mm-hmm. because of that. And because of the way they were approaching me in between, uh, I was able to sit down with them at my scheduled one-on-ones and make sure that I, you know, pushed a level of confidence and in, into right. them, right? Yep. That they felt it's okay to make a mistake. It's okay to make a decision. It's okay to, you know, use your raw intelligence and your experience to make the best decision you can. You don't need to hunt me down every time uh, to do that. And if I hadn't done one-on-ones, if I hadn't invested that intentional time to do that and recognize those signals in between the meetings, we wouldn't have got to where we are today uh, for much further down the road. So, Another benefit of one-on-one. So uh, I wanted to share that. And then I want to ask you a question. Sure. That um, this is what I call a little bit of a leading question. But uh, So I'm going to ask it, and then I'm going to step back and let you start firing shots over the bow, because I know you will. <laughs> which ahead. is, uh, that's Navy, you're a Marine. Okay. Yes. But you, yes. you guys are on I can, shoot, right? I can shoot shots over the bow. There Let's you do go. it. Let's do it. So. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to be, I'm going to be someone, I'm going to play a role here, but, but Michael, I can't do one-on-ones because my team right now in COVID is all, they're all working virtually. I can't do it. <laughs> oh. I can't do it. So what well, I, you know, I, I can't do them. Oh, don't stop making excuses. Stop making, no, no, no. no. What do you tell people that have all of these virtual employees? Should they just stop doing one-on-ones? No, it's even more important to do them now 
than even, you know, when you're in the office, you know, I know we, we had a podcast episode a few episodes back about leading remote teams. And I talked about, or we both talked about, you gotta, you gotta continue to, to lead the same with the same principles that you've always led. Now you're doing those differently. You're doing them on a zoom call or, or something else today. Whereas, you know, in the past you would have done them in your office or in a conference room or something like that, but you still have to do those one-on-one meetings. And just because they're on uh, zoom or, and, and, I, and by the way, I, I recommend you do them on video if at all possible, uh, you know, call them on the phone. That's, that's all well and good if that's all you got, but if at all possible, see them face to face, uh, you know, and just, I mean, my team has enjoyed one-on-one meetings with me, seeing me in a t-shirt and a baseball cap on a zoom call. Uh, just, you know, I'm, I'm obviously not dressing up at home the way I would be in the office, but just that one-on-one time now, you know, my team sees me differently now. They've never seen me. Well, they probably have, but in a t-shirt and a ball cap as much as, as they have here lately. Right. And so the relationship is even better it's, it, just because of that. Right. So don't let, you know, that's one of my, one of my last points that I'll make about how to have these meetings. Once you set them up, once you set up the meeting and it's recurring weekly, biweekly, monthly, whatever, do everything you can to avoid canceling or rescheduling those meetings. Right. Don't throw that meeting up there, you know, at 10 o'clock every Monday and 90% of the time you have to move that meeting or whatever. That's a super important meeting to you on your calendar. Now I get it. Occasionally a a conflict comes along and and I have to do it. A a conflict comes along and I've got to reschedule on somebody or something like that. I get it. That's allowable, but just make sure it's not a common occurrence. And when you get quarantined at home, you do everything you can not to cancel or reschedule that meeting. You're just going to have it differently. You still have to have those meetings. Yeah. What message does it send to your team member if you're canceling? I'm not talking about occasionally because stuff happens, right? I'm I'm talking about you're uh, an addict to canceling meetings. This This is more commonplace than it's not. You're sending them a message that they're not important. Right. Right. Other things and, are more important than they are. Yeah. Like any reason, because I know I've known some leaders who put them on the calendar and they do it because I think there's this expectation from the organization mm-hmm. for people to do it. Are you having one-on-ones? Uh, oh, yeah. Well, how do I know? Well, look at my calendar. Look at, right. look at all that stuff on my calendar. But at the first hint of a conflict, they will cancel it and use every excuse of the book to not have to sit down with their team members uh, in a, in a uh, unscripted mm-hmm. session, right? Yeah. Because they, it, by the nature of some of the, the, the leader styles that are out there, it's they feel like they are not in control. Right. Yes. And that is, that is a problem. And if, if you're that leader, you, glad you're listening. I'm glad you're listening to us, but you've got to pick up the pace here. You know, we're, you know, we're not doing this because we're not giving you this advice because we're just trying to be fancy here. We're doing it because if you want to be successful and lead others, you've got to, you've got to make a commitment. We can talk about the, how, the, how frequent all of the, this, but if you're not doing it and you're doing stuff like that, like canceling meetings, 
a shame on you. You've got to get that fixed. Good thing it's not too late. It's never too late, right? right? If you're in a position, it's never too late to start and to get back on track. But every day, every week that you don't, you look in that mirror and you ask yourself the value you bring into your people uh, in the organization. So yep. one thing I will say is you have to treat a one-on-one as a religious event, right? Whatever your religion, or if you're not a religious person, whatever the most important thing is in your life, uh, you've got to equate a one-on-one as being an immovable, uh, a, a monument in your calendar that can't be canceled. Now, what I will do on occasion is I'll call the person up and I did this last week. I'll say, Hey, something came up at noon when we were going to meet. Can I move it to two? Are you okay with that? It's not, Hey, I'm canceling our meeting. Pause. No further statement. Right. Right. It's about things happen, but here's the the solution that I see that we can work through to still get it done very quickly. Yeah. And uh, you got to do that. And lastly, I'll say uh, to all the folks that you work with and, and you're, Day job, Michael. I can honestly say to them that I've never seen you without a T-shirt and a baseball. <laughs> so that, that I can honestly say. So you with a button-down shirt, all prim and proper and corporate. I, I don't know that, Michael. I haven't seen him. You don't see that version that's of me very funny. often. But that's, uh, yeah, that's awesome. I know. If I ever saw you dressed up or something, I, I'd probably pass right by you. Wouldn't know who you were. Next week, my man. Next week, I promise. I'll do it just for you. You and I. I'll wear a collar for you next week. One more thing uh, that you said about the video. Yeah. Right. As an example. Now, could we do it? Sure. But I couldn't do this podcast if we weren't looking at each other. Yeah, it wouldn't be near the interaction. You're totally right. I couldn't do it. There would be no uh, give and take. There would be no facial expression. There would be no uh, me waving at you going, hey, your video's you know, chopping out. You're, right, right. You miss the engagement. You miss this deeper level of engagement that is irreplaceable. Now, yeah. if all of the video cameras in the world stopped working and all you had was a cell phone or a desk phone, then absolutely do that. Yes. Do that. But that is not ideal. And I wouldn't even call it a good second choice. I don't know what second choice is. Second choice would be in a conference room six or eight feet apart. Mm-hmm. socially yeah. distant. And right. that would be, that would be fine too. But uh, video, when you're working with uh, virtual teams, so critical. And I know my company, we just moved to our senior leadership team, our corporate folks and all we do a, uh, a weekly uh, staff and, and our CEO is, is asked and requested everyone have video mm-hmm. last week, every single, I think there were 10, 10 or 11 of us, Everybody had video. We were lined up like the Brady Bunch on the screen. <laughs> and I was in the Cindy position. Yeah, so, Hollywood Squares. Uh, it, what, what Hollywood Squares where everybody was. Oh, yeah. Hollywood together. Squares. But, uh, that's, that's a good place to end up. This is a great conversation. Yeah. And um, you want to you wanna transition us out of this? Yeah, so we can we can move over to behind the scenes for sure. But, you know, listen, I, here's the deal. I hope you're convinced. I hope Stephen and I have convinced you that these one-on-one meetings are super critical to your leadership. They're super critical to your team members and, and just the effectiveness of your team. And Stephen and I both know they can be scary. Stephen talked a little bit about them being unscripted and, and you as a leader, you feel a little bit vulnerable and, and all that. And you're kind of putting yourself out there a little bit. I, I understand. I get it. I, I know all of those feelings 
especially when you're trying to get started with this series of meetings, but you just got to do it, right? So get it on the calendar and start having those one-on-one meetings with your team. That's your call to action today as it relates to leadership. Awesome. Awesome. Good stuff. Good conversation. I hope uh, folks out there got value. And if you, if you have questions, shoot us a note, right? Shoot us an email or emails on the, it's on the, uh, on the website, leaderpreneurshow.com, leaderpreneurshow, like entrepreneur, leaderpreneurshow.com. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll get back to you. So we, we just want to help and serve and, and get you going, get you on the right, right path. And, uh, if you start doing something, you're going to always have, uh, our support and make sure that uh, we can help. So good stuff, good conversation behind the scenes, Michael, my friend, what is on tap in your business? Hey, so I, listen, Stephen, I'm, I'm really excited because I, I feel like I've, I've hit a point uh, with my business where uh, I've identified and am, am putting together a, a real meaningful offer for our audience and, and other audiences as well. And that's just around uh, building effective teams. And so I'm putting together, um, it'll be a course, it'll be a workshop, uh, it's likely to be a book one day. But I'm putting together the four enemies of any team, right? Any team that you are on or that you lead, that team has four enemies that just kills team performance. And here's the way I look at team performance. I look at team performance as being critical to your business as competitive advantage. If you don't have good team performance, you're not likely to compete well with your competitors in your industry. It's likely that you and your competitors are building very similar products for your customer. It's likely that you and your competitors are serving your customer rather similarly, right? And so if you want a competitive advantage over your competition in your industry, it's all about how effective does your team operate? Because if your team operates more effectively than your competition, you're going to build those products faster. You're going to solve your customers' problems faster. You're going to uh, serve your customers better, right? So there's your competitive advantage. And so I'm building out this workshop, this course, this book that's related to, to eliminating these four enemies of any team. And I'm excited to get that together and get it in front of people, get some feedback, uh, and then just help people build effective teams that will change their business. So that's where I'm at. That's what I'm excited about doing right now. No, that's great stuff. And you were in the hot seat in our mastermind group last week where you you brought this up a bit. And I know I'm excited. What, what I like about what you're doing is the intentional approach. And that's where I struggle, frankly, a little bit. And I'm in the hot seat tonight and and we'll get into a little bit of that. And I'm, I'm having kind of some epiphanies on the direction I want to go with things. And, you know, I'm swatting butterflies and, and I, I guess part of me, I really like swatting butterflies. <laughs> I, I, it, it's, you know, everything in my, in my being tells me that I should focus on the critical, the, the, the one thing, right. The, the who wrote that book the one thing gary uh, keller gary, gary keller, keller. Yep. Gary yep, keller. Yeah, great book by the way you gotta yes, read that uh, out there if you haven't read it and um so i just i just think about uh the, the butterflies the the balls in the air whatever analogy you want to use and th- there's a part of me that enjoys a little bit of the chaos i mm-hmm. guess i don't know maybe i i shouldn't call it chaos but a little bit of the of the 
the shiny objects. There's like, oh, there's an app for that. Let me go check that. Oh, there's a, you know, I'm gonna go go to meeting. No, let me try Zoom. No, let me try Skype. No, let me try. There's, there's, I know it's a wasted motion a lot of times, but there's part of me that enjoys a little bit of the chaos, but I recognize it's probably not the best and most healthy use of my time. Um, so I'm struggling a little bit with that. And, and, you know, I have this speech, I have this talk coming up that I'm still preparing for, um, Mm -hmm. in about three weeks. So I'm looking forward to that. So I've, I've got my, I've got my talk pretty nailed down. I know what I'm going to talk about, but it's more about, you know, and I'm going to bring this up tonight when we talk is, is, you know, what do I do with that? What do I do with, with that? Because I'm being, I'm being told, Hey, you're going to have, uh, I don't know how many people are going to attend this, but mm-hmm. let's, the number I've been given is up to 300 leads. You're going to have up to 300 leads, right? I don't know. It's going to be some number. And um, you can do whatever you want with these leads. You can market to them. You could sell them stuff. You could sign them up for coaching. You could, you know, do nothing with them. They're going to have lifetime access to your content. So I want to make sure when I, when I do this, that I'm focused in the offer not so much the offer, like, hey, for $19.99, you can go. No, not that, but about how I'm going to offer them value for something that they may need. So I want to talk about that. So that's something I'm, I'm getting my head around. And then I'm doing a little bit more in this niche. Niche, one of my, my itches to scratch, I think, is doing a few different things. Uh, I'm in the aerospace industry. I love what I do. I love my work. I love my day job. But there's part of me that that wants to get away from aerospace um, on the back end on the, you know, you work nine to five and we know it's more than nine to five, but let's yes. say analogy wise, nine to five. And then my five to nine is uh, you know, I, I want to take a, maybe a little bit different approach. So I'm thinking about that. And I, one of the itches that I've scratched is with this niche website that I'm in a group coaching program with a good friend of mine, Jake Lang. Uh, it's called, um, uh, entrepreneur right along is his mm. latest brand. Um, you know, he just published an income report. He's making eight to 10 grand a month. So it's out there. He shares that right. eight to 10 grand a month and, and totally 100% passive income. And, um, that's attractive to me. That's yeah. Not, yeah. not to sit back and not do anything, but, to but to have things more automated and yeah. be able to serve people very strategically and purposefully uh, along the way of that, not worry about maybe all of some of the other things. So anyway, those are my general thoughts, things I'm working on. My email list hasn't been a priority. It's not growing. It's still at 155. That's something I think about, but, but more importantly, I think about, I want to have the right people, the right leads, the right, the right people that, that would be my ideal customer and client. And I just think about, how do I continue to grow and focus and, and, uh, just get better. That's the beauty of a mastermind. So if you're out there, you don't have a coach, if you don't have uh, someone to to share your experiences with, to share your failures with, to be vulnerable with, that's something, something I highly encourage you to do. You can, you can do like Michael and myself and, and Dr. Uh, Heather Walker do, we get together on a weekly basis and we, and we unpack things and it's very private and confidential, but it's meaningful and uh, we have a lot of uh, trust and respect for each other. So you should be doing that too out there. Um, and just don't sit back and let life pass you by without knowing the direction you would like to take it. And uh, if you do that, then you have a chance. And that's what I yep. 
recommend for all of our listeners out there. Yeah, totally, Stephen. And, and hey, here's the deal. Uh, we're, you and I, we're building businesses here, right? And so, yes, we're doing everything that we can to serve people, to provide value for people. But ultimately, this is a business, right? I mean, uh, and so when we talk about passive income or revenue generating products and, and solutions and things like that, then yeah, there's a there's a need there for the the revenue, if you will, because these are businesses here that we're building. But that doesn't take away from the fact um, that you and I both, we're building our businesses around service, right? And so, yeah, we may offer up a course or something into the point you were making. It, it may even be passive income. You know, a book, for instance, a book is passive income. Once you write it and you put it out there, you don't... Right. People buy it off of Amazon. That's passive. You you just get revenue from that. Now, I understand all the authors maybe that are in, in our audience say, well, yeah, but you don't get any revenue from selling a book. I get that. I understand. But the point is, yes, we're about making some revenue here, but we're about being in a bit in businesses that serve our customers. Right. And so I see you, I see you doing that um, as well. So uh, I admire that about you. And Oh, and by the way, on the swatting butterflies and all that, I got a great book recommendation for you. Oh, it's by John Acuff and it's oh, yeah. called finish. finish. Yeah. He, uh, he's awesome one of Dave Ramsey's guys. Uh, he used to be. Yes. <laughs> yeah. He, he did used to be there. Uh, and, and, and he's got a look at this now. Uh, yeah. He says this wasn't intentional, but I don't believe him. I don't think uh, he first wrote a book called start and it was all about, you know, just, just take action, just go do something. Right. And then he followed that up with a book named finish, uh, but it's yeah, a great I mean, book. They're both great books, but uh, for me it should be called butterfly kisses or something. You're exactly right. And, and I'll wrap this up cause I know we're, we're running long here, but um you're right. It's, it's not all about the money. It's not all about the money. It, it, and because if it was all about the money, I might be doing something different. It's, sure. Yep. It's not all about the money's important because it enables us to serve more, to serve right. more people, to serve deeper, to serve differently, to provide different types of services and things. So money does enable that to occur. So it is important, but you've got to have the service mentality and you called yourself a, a, uh, not a servant leader, a, what was it? Servant a coach. Servant coach. So that's. In my leadership style. Uh, that's, yep. a, that's a great, that's a great uh, way to think of it, but no good, good discussion and uh great, great conversation behind the scenes. You want to wrap us up for the week? Yeah. So uh call to actions uh, for this week, obviously uh, from a leadership standpoint, as I said earlier, you got to have those one-on-one -on -one meetings. Be sure you're having those on a regular basis. Put them on the calendar right now. Uh, and then for uh, for the, the podcast, be sure you check out the show notes. Head over to leaderpreneurshow.com. Leaderpreneurshow.com. You'll find the show notes for this episode and every other episode. Everything that is Stephen and his wonderful leadership, you'll find that at aerospaceleader.com. Aerospaceleader.com. And then for me, CredibleLeaders.com. You can find everything that I do and links to all the other communities and podcasts, everything I do, you'll find there at CredibleLeaders.com. And then finally, next week, you want to tune in next week because next week in episode number 32, Stephen and I are going to be talking about team communication. So you definitely want to be 
a part of that podcast and listening into that podcast episode. So be there. Uh, And until Stephen and I speak to you again next week, be blessed and lead well.